Welcome to From the Front Porch, a conversational podcast about books, small business, and life in the South. You have to surrender. That's when you have to say, Lord, I might not get it the way I want it, but I know there's something out there for me. And it may look different than my little mind might have imagined it, but it doesn't mean I won't have glory. It may not be the exact kind, but it doesn't mean my life won't hold favor. Margaret Wilkerson Sexton on the rooftop. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. And this week, I'm joined by my friend and frequent co-host, Hunter McClendon, to talk about our reading years so far. But before we get started, barring catastrophe, by the time you hear this, we will have a new website and a new point of sale system. And I promise you, there are years of research, work, and effort we have put into this change for the store. We hope you will be patient with us as we work out the kinks in our new system and in our new site. And as you kind of play around with the site for the first time, I hope you'll provide us with your feedback. We would love to know, do you think it's helpful? Do you think the search engine is better than the other one? I hope it is. We hope it is. We have some fun perks for customers who are purchasing from us over the next couple of weeks who are kind of testing the website for us. So to kind of get a full view of what we're looking for and what perks we're offering to customers who are testing the functionality of the site, you can just follow us on Instagram at BookshelfTville or make sure you're subscribed to our bookstore newsletter. You can sign up for that at BookshelfThomasville.com or just visit the new website, BookshelfThomasville.com and shop around and in the notes of your order, let us know what you think about the site. You may be rewarded for your feedback. So thank you so much. We are thrilled with these fun and exciting changes and we hope you guys will be excited too. Okay, Hunter. Hi, hello. Hi, hello. I really wanted us to sing, oh, oh we're halfway there. I refuse to sing it. Oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> Do you know that song is in that movie View from the Top with Gwyneth Paltrow? Oh, yes. And yeah, every time I think of that song, I think like, of course, of, of all the movies, that's the one I think. <laughs> that's of. the one that you think of. Um, yeah, we're halfway there. We're over halfway through the year, actually. And so it's time to check in and see what our reading years are looking like so far. We have kept our top five secret from one another. So we're going to talk about our top five books of the year so far. We're going to talk most anticipated. I sent you, it's a really adorable Instagram template that I saw on Instagram. It's designed by Sarah at The High Reader. That's the H-I reader. And it is this great template about your reading year so far. And so I'm going to kind of work through those questions with you because I'm just dying to see where we have overlap, where you have read things that maybe I need to read or vice versa. So first of all, can you just give me a sense before we like dive into the questions of how are you feeling in July of 2022 about your reading life? Where, where are you at emotionally as a reader? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I think that, so like, it's been kind of tricky, you know, cause I'm, I'm doing this like reading project, um, on the side where I read all the national book right. award long listers. And I actually just finished the 1950s books, which was very Yay, exciting. That's a big goal. Yeah. Check it off. And so, uh, but so because of that, like, it's been really interesting to, I'm not sure if it's just that, like by comparison, like I can relate so much more to like some of the newer releases, 
but it's made me excited again about books. And mm-hmm. and I also think, I, you know, I, I don't know. I've just been reading really different things, I feel like, than I typically read. And so I'm I, I'm just, it's been very good and very exciting so far. That's so lovely to hear. I I have not noticed, but now that you mention it, so you're not reviewing publicly the National Book Award longlist books that you're reading. That's no. reserved for your newsletter, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, has that project affected your front list reading life? Like, has it slowed down your reading of front list titles? Yes. It's so funny, actually, because I, I feel like I don't, I have read so many books this year that like, I don't, I don't actually, no, I'll I'll actually say no, because I think that I'm, and I'm also listening to a lot of audiobooks for like Mm -hmm. new releases. And so I think that's kind of helping to balance it out. Audiobooks have completely increased and helped my reading game this year, for sure. And I think it's obviously helped my quantities increase if we're keeping track of that. But it's also just been a fun, I have found myself even lately drawn more to audiobooks than podcasts. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like I'm betraying my own <laughs> medium <laughs> when I say that. But I feel like I need the rhythm of an audiobook um, rather than a podcast occasionally. And so I do think audiobooks have changed my reading life. I also looked back... And I've had a really good reading year. I think if I were to give my reading year a star rating, it would mm-hmm. be a solid 3.8 or 4. Okay. Because I've read some really good five-star reads, but it's not as many as you would think. Like, it was mm-hmm. quite easy for me to come up with my top five of the year. And I also have a couple books that I'm, I've read already for fall that are going to be five-star books. But my five-star books, I think, are going to total maybe a dozen and that's great. That's wonderful. Five-star reads are books that I want to remember for the next five years. So it's interesting that when I look back, I'm like, oh, yeah, I really liked that book. But but it's around a four-star rating or a 3.75 rating. And so I think if I were to like average them all out, if I were to do some statistical analysis, it would be like, oh, 2022 is a 3.8 or a four-star reading year. But my reading rhythm is better. I've had fewer slumps. Mm-hmm. I've been excited about what to read next. And I think audiobooks are helping that because I think even when I finish a print book, I'm still reading an audiobook. So my rhythm isn't messed with at all. So this is going to sound so weird. And maybe like, this is just me in my head, but I'm convinced that even years are my better years for reading. Oh, now interesting. I'm going to have to keep track of that now. Yeah. Like you're going to, like, hmm. because I, because I know that because. Well, that's not because 2015 was actually a good reading year because Fates and Furies and A Little Life were out. But like, but barring that, I typically think, yeah. (laughs) Okay. I mean, I have to start paying attention to that. I just, I feel like when I look back at this year in reading, when I sat down to answer these questions, I thought, oh, this has been a really lovely year. Not maybe groundbreaking for me personally, but good. I feel like I'm reading good things. Yeah. And I don't know. It's a nice feeling. So, We're going to start with these questions that the high reader presents in her Instagram template. I will also, if you're listening to this, I'm going to post our Instagram stories, the template, so you can share and make sure you tag Bookshelf Tville and the high reader so you can give the high reader credit and also let us know what your reading year has looked like so far. So Hunter, what was the first five-star read you read this year? And when did you read it? The Swimmers by Julia Otsuka, (gasps) which I read on New Year's. Hunter? I forgot. I read that book in 2021 and now I'm realizing my ah! <laughs> Now I'm realizing my top 5 is all wrong. Oh no. Excuse me. Just going to I knew. <laughs> it's because I read it in 2021. Dang it. Do okay. you know th- uh, there's right a, now. there was an answer to another one of these that I I read the book 
last November, but it's a book for 2022. And then I was like, oh, that should be my answer. Hunter, dang it. Okay. And (laughs) when did you read The Swimmers? Early January, you said? January 1st, yeah. Oh, January 1st. Okay. And that was immediately a five-star. Maybe that set the tone for your reading year. I think so, yeah. So I looked back and my first five-star rating of the year is a book we're going to talk about a lot today, or I'm going to talk a lot about today. And it's The Crane Wife by C.J. Hauser. Oh, yes. Yes. (laughs) I read it or I reviewed it on January 18th. So that makes me think I probably read it around January 10th. And Mm -hmm. I distinctly remember, this is how I know... This is one of the ways I know a book is truly five stars for me is six months later, I remember where I was when I was reading it. I was curled up on the couch. Jordan was working late. I was cozied up, could not stop reading it to eat dinner, read it while I microwaved myself some leftovers, came back to the couch and like read it while I ate dinner. And I just adore that book so much. And I immediately thought, well, if this is what the rest of the year holds, but I also thought this will be in my top 10 of the year. And the fact that I thought that on January 18th is pretty, pretty cool. No, yeah. That's oh, that's so good. Okay. What has been your favorite so far this year? <laughs> um, probably The Crane Wife by CJ Hauser. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. What what essays were your favorite or what did you love about it? The thing I loved the most about it was the way that she writes about because because you know, I've talked a lot about this idea of shifting and recalibrating your identity uh mm-hmm. for people you're with. Like that's something mm-hmm. that I write a lot about. And so when I was reading it from her, I was like Oh my gosh, this is something that resonates so deeply. Yeah. Um, and on it, it's one of those things where it's it's kind of hard to like say what I think that um I love when she brings in um like old films or when she brings in I like I don't know. It's it's, it's a, I loved every single one, honestly. Truly. Like, I yeah. kept waiting for there to be a dud. I know that sounds mm-hmm. terrible, but in an essay collection or a story collection, it feels like there's always one that falls a little bit flat. Uh-huh. Um or or that just doesn't resonate with me personally. Yeah. But every single essay I finished and I was like how'd she do that yeah. and also this is also high, it also made me mad I was like oh crap like <laughs> I know like, I want to be able to write like this <laughs> to me if you if you get a little bit jealous you know it's good yes I do I I totally got jealous so the essay about Philadelphia story is great yes and then there's an essay about a robotics competition that she mm-hmm. attends that I absolutely loved the direction she took it. Yeah. And there's an essay about a house that she inhabits and kind of yeah. why she is trying to find home and what, what home looks like to her. I don't know. I I feel like I could name well, so many that I love. There's this essay where she talks about, like it starts where it, early on, it talks about her mom kind of lying about this story about this gravesite from yes yes about her family yeah yes and that one to me was so hilarious and then i was like crying at the end that's the thing i don't know how she did it in one essay you would start reading it and you'd be laughing or underlining Mm -hmm. or just feeling really seen and then by the end there's an essay about her dad by the end i was crying and i was like okay well (laughs) i just yeah I said this on our our episode about Pilgrim at Tinker Creek. Anytime I finish, you're right. Jealousy is a good way to know if it's five stars. But if I finish a book and just want to hug it, like I just want to hold it and I don't want to let it go. And that's how I felt about The Crane Wife. Yeah. Oh, so good. What was your your favorite read of the year? Okay. So now I think it's got to be either... I still think The Crane Wife, but if I'm trying to diversify my selections, I'm going to go with The Swimmers by Juliet Suka or Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus. And Lessons in Chemistry is a book, and I this may be an unpopular opinion, and that's totally fine. I feel like that cover is a disservice to what is inside. 
I think it helps it sell. Like, I think we mm-hmm. have a lot of readers who are buying it because the cover is kind of reminiscent of Where'd You Go, Bernadette, or something like that. But I think that book is dealing with some pretty deep and interesting issues. And the characters are really, really well formulated. It's a great crossover book between plot-driven and character-driven fiction. Elizabeth Zott, I think, is a very memorable protagonist who will stick with me for a while. And so I would say Lessons in Chemistry or The Swimmers are going to be up there um, as my (gasps) favorite so far. Should I read Lessons in Chemistry? Okay, I thought you might ask that. It is not a typical hunter book, but I do think you would be entertained by it. I do think you would be entertained by it. Um, Like it's not maybe your typical literary fiction, but I do think it is well-written. And I don't know, this is going to be weird. And this isn't, these aren't comps. So I want to be clear. These aren't comps, but somehow the vibes of the Dutch house and the gunkle rolled into one where it's like this cross between commercial and literary yeah, 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 yeah. I see it. I see it. Okay. 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 Yeah. Do you know, actually, side note, th- so um, I'm currently reading Hurricane Girl. <gasps> that, I can't um, wait to talk about it. Okay, so you read it. Oh, yes, I read it. Okay, okay. I'm like, I'm really enjoying it. I like, I I don't know how I haven't finished it because I'm obsessed, but somebody apparently, I guess, I, I guess that you said that it was like a hunter book. Yes, it um, totally is. And I was <laughs> I like, I did say it. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, oh my gosh, I was like, Annie knows, because it, it is... I am. I, I'm sure that it will. When I finish it, I'll be curious to see like where it lands on my ranking because I'm like, yes, yeah. Oh, I read it. I think I said that on the podcast that it's a hunter book. Um, <laughs> I'm so glad you're reading it. I it's on my list elsewhere. We'll get to talk about it. I think. Good. Okay. Well, yeah. I'll go ahead and start. So my most surprising book is Hurricane Girl by Marcy okay. Pansy. So I don't want to spoil anything for you, but I again, I sat. I just have vivid memories. Like I sat in my gray chair, mm-hmm. read it in one sitting thought it was so completely bonkers. Mm -hmm. I finished it and thought that is one of the weirdest things I've read in a while. Not the weirdest thing I've read ever, but just one of the weirdest things I've read in a while. And yet I thought it was inventive and interesting. It played with a couple of different genres in in a unique way. I could not put it down. And then Jordan came in the house and I finished the book and I said, okay, we're not leaving here until I tell you this entire plot. Like (laughs) we're not, we're not leaving the living room until I tell you about this book I just read because it was such a wild, weird ride and I loved it. And not all weird books work for me. I know that I can be a somewhat conventional reader um, with, with fairly conventional tastes, but I love, I love weird books done well. And I think this one is. Oh, Okay, I'm excited to finish now. Ooh. Yes, I can't wait to talk about it. Okay, what's your most surprising book of the year? My most surprising, I, like I'm, I'm surprised, like even as I'm about to say, was actually um, "Trust" by Erin Diaz. <gasps> okay, that was a Lucy favorite. Tell me if I should read it. I think if you, I know that you like Fates and Furies. I know. Well, I think yes. I think you could say we could say you love it, right? Yes. Okay. I do. So I think that Trust takes a lot of the things that Fates and Furies is doing, and. And is doing it, and it, it's like, if they feel like they're books that are in conversation with each other. Okay. And I did not expect that. And also, so you know how Fates and Furies, there's like the, two, the it's like that, it's, it's two perspectives or whatever. And then yes. you also read Trust Exercise, and I, this is not, the only comp is that it's like, the this book has four different shifts. Okay. Um, that's the only reason why I'm copying it with Trust Exercise. I always, cause I do know that was like one that was that much was more, hard for me. Yeah. yeah. But no, I was so surprised by this one because I 
did not think it was going to be like a page turner for me. Mm-hmm. I did not expect this book that like is about money and that's about like it like it starts in like the 1920s or something like that. Yeah. It's, it starts very old and, and it's and it talks a lot about like uh the stock market and all these things and I was like, "Oh, I have no interest in this." Right. And then like but that's the thing. It's it's brilliant because it's okay. gorgeously written. I mean, stunning. It's a great audiobook too. Oh, uh, that's what that was going to be my next question. Could I download it and enjoy it? Yes. And I, and it's one of those things where by the end I was like, I think, I think that like the first section you're like, okay, like I like this. And the second section you're like, okay, this is interesting. And I think by the time you reach the third section, you're like, oh, this is, this is it. And like, you, I don't know. I, I, it was very surprising to me because I ended up really, really liking it a lot. Okay. I knew this would happen. I knew when we got together, I would be like, okay, now I've got to make my TBR list. Um, okay, what has been your least favorite book of the year so far? This is dangerous territory. I always feel a little bit bad about this, but... Okay. Can I actually... like? I love how, like, typically we're like, no, like, let's, like, not, you know... I'm going to actually say two. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. The first one is a book called Night Shift by Kiar Ladner. It's one of those books that should be like right up my territory it's like Mm -hmm. about this like this possibly queer like uh lesbian tension between these two girls who are working these night shifts but it turns into one of those like crazy lesbian tropes where like one's bad and evil a little bit okay and i was kind of like put off by that and also like it wasn't memorable and when a book is like what a book should be for me as a reader and then it's like Mm, then it falls flat. It's even more disappointing. Yeah. It's, that high, it's that high expectations Jordan Jones is always talking about. He's always yeah. talking about lower those expectations. And sometimes I don't want yeah. to. Right. Well, sometimes, well, because the thing is, listen, I had high expectations for several of these other books and they like. And they met them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the second book, and this is a very polarizing, uh, this is a hot one, but um, my most disappointing read was, which I read it in November, but I'm, it is a 2022 book, is To Paradise by Hanya Yanagihara. Oh, okay. You. You saved me from that, and so I have not read that. <laughs> Which, and I, but you know, and I will say this: I like, I stand by, I stand by what I said. I stand by my criticisms of that book. I, I thought it was very flawed. I do think that she, I mean, obviously, I'm a huge fan of hers. So, right, you know, but, uh, but I, my friend Bernie, he read it because he was like, well, if it's if you have if you have such strong opinions about it, now I want to know. Mm-hmm. And he actually had a very great kind of case for to try to like argue like out some of the points. And so okay. I, it has, it has, uh, I've softened a little bit, but not enough to like not say that it was still a little bit of, of a disappointment for me as a reader. Well, and it may again, go back to the disappointment factor. Like you really were looking forward to it. It's, it's one of those that was highly anticipated and yeah. then felt a little bit flat. And so that disappointment makes it even feel like a larger yes, letdown. I agree. Okay. So I also have two. Okay. One of mine is a backlist title, which I hope is okay because I really don't have a lot of frontlist titles that have been super disappointing to me. Yeah. I think that's because I've been pretty careful about what I read. Mm-hmm. And I've not careful like precious, but meaning if I'm 50 pages in and don't like it, I don't continue yeah. on. So one is a backlist title and that's Under the Banner of Heaven by John Krakauer. Jordan and I listened to that book. I really was looking forward to it. I was looking forward to the TV adaptation. I have not really enjoyed either. Um, I thought the book was interesting. It was a mixture of true crime and then Mormon church history. Mm -hmm. And 
I'm sure, and I know because we heard from some, I know some Mormon listeners feel a certain way about it. And I think that's totally fair and valid. I know we all kind of get um, protective, right, of our belief systems and our faith systems. But I just didn't, um, that book did not resonate with me the way I wanted it to. And I really love journalistic nonfiction. And I think listening to that one may have deterred my appreciation of it. Like, I think the audiobook was actually a hindrance rather than a help, mm. which is always kind of a bummer for a reader, for a reader and for an author, I would think. Yeah. And then a frontlist title that I found disappointing, although I shouldn't have found it disappointing, I should have known, but I did what you do and I went in a little bit blind. And I think if I had not gone in, gone in blind, I would have known. <laughs> but it was a book called The Lifestyle by Taylor Hahn. Okay. And I should have understood, but I am 36 and naive, and I did not know that the lifestyle was about the swinger lifestyle. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it was um, a, re- a retelling of Jane Austen's Emma, but with swingers. And I've got I've, to <laughs> tell you, I just don't know that Jane Austen would have approved, and I, I, di- I did not... <laughs> Get it. <laughs> Listen, you know, I, that that does sound like a book that I could possibly enjoy. It was messy. You love messy. I do love messy. I was about to say, it sounds very messy, which I would I would enjoy. But I was expecting it to be, like, I was, I thought you were going to be like, oh, I was expecting some, like, thoughtful, and then it was, like, a self-help type book. No. This, <laughs> uh. No, it was just... The main character, I will say, the author did a good job of bringing in elements of it. Like, the main character really did feel like a modern-day Emma, Mm -hmm. where she was just making horrible decisions over and over again. Uh, But I just couldn't understand why you would try the swinger lifestyle with a group of your already friends. It just felt – that felt like a risky move. (laughs) I mean, but isn't that how – I mean, people are like – I think that's how people do it, but I don't personally understand it. The, I, I have I have very limited experience. I think pineapples play a part, and I think uh, yeah. they do. And I and then yeah. you, the Netflix show, you. I yeah. think there's a little bit of swinger vibes. That's about all I know. That's the extent of my knowledge. And this book's out now that I just read and couldn't put down, even though I really wanted to. That is, I will say that is the funniest thing because all I ever hear, like sometimes like um like because I, I have people I have friends who like love pineapples. <laughs> and so Ashley, and ever, Ashley loves yes, that's right yeah and it's so funny because yes. like well because like you know she, like, a while back she was talking about like uh getting an apartment or something and I was like oh I, was like, I should get and I like I was like looking at stuff and I thought oh she likes pineapples and I almost got hers and I was like no 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 no, I right. can't do this to her yeah a pineapple door knocker don't do it <sighs> oh don't do it everybody yeah. <laughs> okay what is next on your tbr list oh oh I don't know the t- hold on it's all Down, Darkness Wide by Sean Hewitt. And it was like a queer coming-of-age uh, memoir by a poet. And that's all I really know. But it has a really great cover. It's from Penguin Press. Okay. And so I was like, well, that's got to be good. I, you know, you, like, uh, yeah, as was stated earlier, I never know anything about books before. Right. You know, there's a book coming out. I just went through a fall catalog for HarperCollins today. And so it wasn't on my official list, but I'll mention it now because of, of the book you just mentioned. The book is Heretic by Gianna Cadlick. And the reason I thought it was an Annie Hunter crossover is because the author is a former evangelical who was married to a pastor's son and then realized she was queer and I think may now be married to a oh, woman. I'm not sure. Oh, Have wait. you seen this? <laughs> oh, she follows me on Instagram. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. how exciting. So I, anyway, I read the description of this book and how she kind of came out of evangelical Christianity and 
kind of the trajectory she's taken since then. And so it sounded like a kind of almost like, I don't know, it sounded like an Annie Hunter book, but it also sounded like Priest Daddy or something like that where yes. it might be really, really good. So that's neither here nor there. That was bonus content. Uh, <laughs> next on my TBR front list is the new Riley Sager, which I know that's not really your thing, but I, I just love, I read those every summer. It's like a tradition yeah. for me at this point. And to be honest with you, the description of this one has not been my favorite, but I just, I can't not read it. So I loved Final Girls. Final Girl? Yeah. Final Girls? Final Girls. Final Girls, yeah. I think that still is my favorite of his, I think. And that's it. Well, I love that one. I like his covers. Yeah. Um, they're fun. Like, they're I fun. Want, but like, after after that second one with the blue cover was kind of like fine. Was that the one about camp? Yes. Okay. I liked Final Girls the best. I liked the one about camp. The one last year's I did not particularly enjoy, but Jordan and I had a fun time listening to it on audiobook. Okay. We listened to it together. But it's just kind of my tradition to read it in July, um, frequently yeah. while we're traveling or something. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. But I also wanted to ask you this. The other question or the other book on my TBR is Sula by Toni Morrison, which is Ooh. obviously a backlist title. Mm-hmm. This is gonna sound weird. Is that a good plain book? I'm about to travel and I want to take it with me, but I I know it could need a lot of attention. And on a plane, I like something pun intended that I can fly through. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if that's like the best one of hers for a plane. Okay. Is there another uh, one of hers that could be plane appropriate? I think uh God Help the Child or Song of Solomon, they're both a little bit more because the bluest eye is easier to read is easy to read, but it's really heavy. Okay. Not that the other two aren't heavy, but I just find them to be uh, a little bit lighter uh, subject matter-wise. Yeah, Sula just weirdly, I know this is going to sound strange because we're talking about Toni Morrison, but it weirdly sounded a little bit commercial to me. I was like, oh, this is interesting. And so I was like, maybe I can take it on a plane, but I don't know. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. It's so interesting because it kind of, it has a very like, it has a very commercial like setup. Yes. But I think that what she does with it is so... okay interesting and different but no but I, I am excited for you to read it though because that was the first of hers i ever read okay all right well at some point i'm gonna read that but as far as frontless title goes the next one on my tbr is the house across the lake by riley sager okay. okay now what is your most anticipated release this was hard to narrow down at first i was gonna say the new otessa Moshfeg, but then i realized it just came out it did Lapvona, which like i do want to like it's so funny i've only read my year of rest and relaxation which you got me for a birthday my 20 20- <sighs> Fifth Aww. birthday. Was I write in it? Uh, no, I don't think you did. Yeah. Huh. What's up with I, that? I need to do that. My whole family always writes in the books they give. Sorry. Uh, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> but it was like it was like one of my favorite books of the year. Okay. Um, and so anyway, but so I was going to say that, but because that's already out, I decided to go with uh, a collection of short stories called Bliss Montage. Mon- wait, Bliss Montage by Ling Ma, the author of Severance. Oh, okay. Ooh, look at that cover. I know. Yeah, sorry to the people who can't see it, but it's a very beautiful, like, very, like, striking, like, cover of, like, oranges in saran wrap or something. But, um, so yeah, so that is one that I, I read the first story and was like, uh-oh, this is gonna be good. Okay. Ooh, I love that. I love when that happens. Um, okay, my most anticipated, now I've got some others that I've already read. But mm-hmm. I wanted to pick a book that I haven't read yet that I'm yeah. looking forward to. So for me, that is Flight by Lynn Steger Strong. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, I loved her book, Wand. Yes. Okay. So I have not read her before, but I've read of her and I knew you liked her a lot. And then I read the premise of Flight and I was like, Mm -hmm. this sounds like an Annie book. So it's set at Christmas time. It's like three siblings are celebrating Christmas together for the first time since their mother's death. I think there's some arguments over maybe... Mm, who inherited what. And then there's also, I think, just some tension and sadness from the first holiday season without a loved one and celebrating differently. They're all gathering at their brother's, like, upper upper state New York place, like his homestead, instead of down in Florida with their mom. And it just sounds, God, it sounds dysfunctional families, wintry, like, maybe more intense version of the family stone. And so... I am very much, I just emailed my rep today and was like, please, please. I think I wrote pretty please. Will you please send this to me? (laughs) I just, I know we have to fight for the ARCs that we want. And I really want that one. Yeah. Those are the questions from Sarah at the high reader, her little Instagram story template. Now, shall we do our top five? Were you able to narrow down to five? Yeah, but I will. I just have to say there's a book that like, so I'm, I'm not, it's not in my top five yet because mm-hmm. I'm not sure because I'm reading it right now but I do want to like go ahead and like say it okay do uh, that because like I've a, got two I've got two that I want on my top five but I just don't know where they're gonna land and they're not out yet so okay. tell me yours and then I'll tell you mine so I'm reading this book right now called Greenland by David Santos Donaldson okay and it is about this queer black British writer who is uh, it's like a it's him kind of like going through kind of like uh if, if anyone's read hell of a book uh oh, yeah. by jason Motz, it kind of has that same thing about like it's about the, the he's trying to publish this book that's about ian forrester it's okay. about ian forrester and his black lover and so like he's he's trying to write this book basically and it is um and the publishers don't want it and mm. it's because it's like not being marketed like they're 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 wanting it to kind of be like for like a more white reader basically okay um but it is also good it's very good and it also like kind of does a lot of stuff it pulls in a lot of stuff from like proust's remembrance of things past and also angels in america and it's very smart and very funny and i i'm loving it but i'm not done so i don't know yet if it's like but right yeah oh okay that sounds really good so I have two books that I think will be on my top 10 okay. when you and I reconvene at the end of the year. I think these will be in my top 10. I just, I they're not out yet. So I hesitated mm-hmm. to put them in my top five. So it's two books. One is On the Rooftop. That is by Margaret Wilkerson Sexton. So I feel oh, like, yeah. oh. God, I feel like it, I can't decide if it should be five or six right now. But it comes out in September. It releases on September 6th. I have not read her other books and I need to fix that ASAP because I loved this one so much. So it's about three adult sisters and their mother. They all live in like 1950s, 60s San Francisco. And the book is about these three young women and their mother's ambition for them to be like almost like the temptations or something like that, like a, mm-hmm. a black girls singing group. And so they play at this club in San Francisco. But then the book is also, the book is told from all four perspectives, which I loved. And then the book is also about gentrification in San Francisco at that time. And particularly how the mother had moved from the South to San Francisco, thinking that she was going to kind of have this very different looking life. And she did. And yet white people are still infiltrating Mm -hmm. her home and her place and where she belongs. And so it's, 
I loved it. It reminded me a lot of Britt Bennett, a lot of the mothers. So I can't decide if it's five or six. So I wanted to mention that one. And then I also wanted to mention Now Is Not the Time to Panic, which is by Kevin Wilson. Oh, yeah. Fabulous. Comes out in November. I loved it so much. I think you will like it a lot. I have read a couple by him, but interestingly, what is the one where the children catch on fire? Oh, Nothing to See? Is that nice? Yes, Nothing to See here. Mm -hmm. I have not read that one and wish that I had, but I haven't. But I've read The Family Fang and really liked that. This is great. It's a book about art and friendship and growing up, and I finished it and held it. And so that, Mm -hmm. yeah, I just know that it should be in my top 10. I'm so excited for... On the rooftop. I am so excited for that because I loved her book, A Kind of Freedom, which was long listed yes. for the National Book Award. Yes. It was uh, like it is one of those that I still think about all the time. It's so good. And she Should I read a- that or The Revisionist? I would go ahead and read it, A Kind of Freedom. Okay. Maybe we can read The Revisionist book because uh, I, I haven't read that one even though I own it. Oh, maybe that could be a backlist book club next year. There we go. Let me schedule yeah. it out. Okay, good. Okay, so are you ready to discuss top five? Well, I, okay, but I will say, like, I just realized that one of mine, I don't think, yeah, one of mine is not out yet. Is that going to be okay? That's fine. Okay. I, you know, I, the truth is, I really, now I'm looking at my list and I'm like, I could have easily done 10, but. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but here we are. And look, forgive, it's just, it's a rough draft. This is a rough yes. draft mm-hmm. of hopefully what the final list will look like when we get to the end of the year. But this is what it is right now. I think the numbers will change. It'll be interesting to compare. This is what I love. It's yeah. data. It's data. We're going to compare at the end of the year. Did our numbers change? Whatever. Okay. So start with your number five. Okay. So my number five is just by looking at him by Ryan O'Connell. Is that the one that has you on the cover? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, Hunter, it looks just like you. It has become a joke like throughout Instagram, which I think is so funny. Yeah. Every time that somebody posts posts a review, they're like, oh, it's the book with Hunter on the cover. And I'm like, oh, me. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So it's about this gay writer who has cerebral palsy and about, and it's about his relationship to, uh, with his, between him and his boyfriend and kind of how his life is, like his life looks really glamorous, but there's like, obviously like uh, a lot kind of lurking underneath, Mm -hmm. but it is so funny like so so funny and so smart and it kind of not in not subject matter wise but just you know how uh our eric thomas is very funny while also like maintaining his intelligence throughout the entire yes that's kind of how this feels like it really is just i think it's so such great observations about about identity and about things that are kind of like it, it deals with addiction a little bit and other things that are just really surprising and unexpected for such a light kind of frothy read. Okay. So yeah, I, and I, and it's, I don't know. It's just, it's a, it's a book that you would not think when you get halfway through that it would be feel good, but it turns out to be a feel good. So. Okay. The description sounds great. Like I, yeah. all jokes aside of you being on the cover, I did read the blurb and thought, Oh, this sounds really good. Yeah. I will also just say to anyone who starts it, the first line is gonna throw you off because it starts a little dirty and then it has to. But okay, I you've opened the door, so now I'm gonna walk okay. in. So is it if we're talking like I almost wondered if the sexual content was like Fleischman is in trouble. It is a very okay. open door. Yeah. So yeah. That's well. That the blurb hints to the open doorness of yeah. it all, and so I wondered. Okay, yeah. thank you for that. That is helpful. <laughs> okay, my number five is the Many Daughters of A Fong Moy by Jamie Ford. Just kidding. This doesn't come out until August, Hunter. I don't know what I'm talking about. I, was up to you. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. I made the rules and then broke them. It's fine because there really aren't rules. Okay, so this book comes out in August, but it is historical fiction. 
about the first Chinese immigrant to America. But what I will say is what hooked me is the author's note that Jamie Ford writes in the very beginning, which is that he walked in on his son and like realized his son was playing music from his favorite band from childhood, like the dad's favorite band, Jamie Ford's favorite band. And Jamie Ford was like, I've never told my son that that was my favorite band. And it made me think like, what do we pass on that's not just generational trauma, but also just generational joy, but what do we pass on from one generation to the other? Mm -hmm. And so A Fong Moy comes to America, but what happens to her daughters and to her family and her to her lineage and what gets passed on? Yes, generational trauma, but generational joy, what gets passed on? I thought the concept was so fascinating and so well done. I did not read Jamie Ford's, I think it's called The Hotel at the Corner of Bitter and Sweet. Mm-hmm. That was not a book that I read, but I do remember it being popular when I first started at the bookshelf. And so I would suspect that readers of that work will not be disappointed by this one, would be an excellent book club conversation. I really, really liked this book, was stunned that I liked it because it's historical fiction and that's not always my thing, but I really, mm-hmm. really enjoyed this one and I loved the premise. I loved how smart it was. So that's The Many Daughters of Avong Moy by Jamie Ford out in August. Oh, that sounds so good. I think you would like it actually. Oh, golly. Okay. My next one is not out yet. I think mine either comes out next month or in August, uh, but you I don't know if you've read it. It's uh, The Last White Man by Mohsin Hamid. Um, that book is very good. It's one of those that you like can read in one sitting. It's very fast. It's less than 200 pages. Yeah. It's really short. I loaned it to shop dad. Should I get it back? I I think you'd love it. Like it is. uh, Do you know the premise? Yes. And I read exit West, but tell the premise for the reader for the listener. Okay. Yeah. So basically like this white man basically wakes up one morning, uh, to discover that he is no longer white. It does not specify anything other that. Other than that, he ha- his skin has turned brown. Mm-hmm. And and at first he kind of thinks he's alone in this, but then you start to see that this is uh, actually like a thing that's like hitting the nation. It kind of reminds me of uh, Jose Saramago's blindness in, the, in how like it's like this like thing that's affecting everyone and, and the ways that people react to it. But it takes a, it's a, this it takes a much different approach, but it's so, it's so surprisingly funny and it's so smart. The writing is gorgeous it's one of those things where like when when you read it and then you're and you you finish you get to the end and you're like oh you know it's it's very good okay i think i gave it to shop dad to consider for shelf subscriptions i don't know what he's going to decide but now i'm gonna get it back (laughs) when he's done okay my next one number four is tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow by gabrielle zevin i have arc oh you haven't read it yet no I think you'll like it. I okay. I think I'm trying to think if it's a hunter, like if it's one I would hand sell to hunter back in the day. I think so. I really loved it a lot. And it's weirdly again, the premise is not something that in fact it took me a while to pick it up because I mm-hmm. thought, mm, I don't care about video games. <laughs> this is going to be lost on me. But it's really about art. It reminds me a lot of Station Eleven, um, because okay. I think it's about art and culture and the role that it plays in not only defining culture, but in defining our friendships and our lives. Um, it's about a lifelong friendship between the two main characters. Yes, video games play a big part, but 
I just adored it because I thought it was more about art than anything else. The main characters are lovely, but there's also a really wonderful side character named Marx who wound up being one of my very favorite characters. I like Gabrielle Zevin. I think I can trust her. I feel like I've read almost everything she's written and I've not been disappointed. And this, I think, might actually be her best, most well-written work. Okay. Yeah, it's great. It's out this month. Okay. So my number three is one that I discussed earlier, which is Trust by Aaron and Diaz. Mm-hmm. Like I already said, it just, it's just, it's, it's so interesting because like basically like the first, the first section, and I, I don't think I, I don't think I realized this when I first started because I'm, I'm so like oblivious when I'm first starting, which is so bad. Like you should really just pay attention like the whole way through. But, <laughs> um, but I was like reading it and I was like, wow, and, like the first section is a, is a book within a book called Bonds. And, okay. um and so like that, that's how the first section is. And then the second section is, uh, memoir and then the third section is something else and then the fourth section is something else and so oh. and so basically like it's like the, the way that the structure works I just think it is so and it, I will say this too something that I really enjoy when I'm reading I, I think that a lot of people would really like this if you like literary fiction but I especially think that if you love reading stuff uh, because you're you kind of get excited about structure I think that this is like one of those that okay. does such exciting and innovative things but I will also say that I think it says things that Lauren Groth said in Bates and Furies. So, but I'm like, I, I feel like I have to like tell that because like some people are like, some people are like, this book is saying such new things. And I'm like, Lauren did it first. <laughs> Lauren did it first. Yeah. <laughs> you will always come to Lauren Croft's defense and aid. Yeah. My number three is one I have also already mentioned. So I won't go too much in depth, but it's Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus. Yeah. Um, again, loved Elizabeth Zott, weirdly loved the dog character of 630. <laughs> this has already been optioned for film rights, I think, starring Brie Larson. Oh. Um, yeah, I really, I really like this book a lot. I like what it's doing. I think it's smart. I think it's funny, clever, pretty original, honestly. Mm-hmm. And I can recommend it as a bookseller. It's nice to have a book that I can put into almost anybody's hands, and I think they'll enjoy it. I will just say that. Aaron asked me if this was a PG book because some customers were asking. And I was like, yes, absolutely. Like my mom could read this. And then Aaron started listening to it on audiobook. And apparently they use the C word like immediately. Oh gosh. And I was like, oh, my bad. <laughs> Guess I just skipped right over that. <laughs> Sorry, guys. But I just you, think the essence of it is PG. Yeah. No, but you, we've talked about this because because I think it's like this happened when you read Fates and Furies where yes. like, people would be like, you know, like, oh, well, you know, like there's like these like very like, you know. I just pay attention heads. to themes, people. It's themes. Yeah. I Somebody remember Jamie Quattro's Fire Sermon? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. I just, it's themes. Themes is what I'm paying attention to. Okay. What's your number two? My next two are ones we were talking about, but number two uh, is The Swimmers by Julie Otsuka. That's my number two as well. Okay. The Swimmers by Julie Otsuka. It's great. I love when we have overlap. I think this book is brilliant. I think the setup is genius. I think the you talked about trust being kind of innovative and original, but I think this where it's almost two parts, mm-hmm. where it's partly about swimmers, but partly about dementia and caregiving and grief. And I loved it. And actually... It's funny. I, I've, I've started to notice this new trend that uh, I first noticed it with How Much of These Hills is Gold, and then I noticed it with Shiner, and then with The Swimmers, and then with Trust, which is this, like, splitting the narrative into four sections. Mm-hmm. Uh, because y- you're right, The Swimmers is about two different things, but it, the way it's done is in these four sections. Yes. And I think that's such an interesting... Uh, I'm, I'm curious to know where that where that structure kind of 
uh, initially came from. I, I need to like research that. Mm-hmm. I think um, when I went back, so I read it kind of twice because I led a, the Patreon book club on it. And I totally thought it was literally divided into two parts. Uh-huh. And then I went back and read it and I was like, oh, it's not, <laughs> it's not divided yeah. into two parts. It's just the craft is so, oh, it's so good. It's it such is. good writing. It's such yeah. good writing. Irritatingly good. All right. What's your number one? What's your number one? The crane wife. Okay. Yeah. The same. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Oh, it makes me so happy. I am so, this is so weird. I know that CJ Hauser does not belong to the bookshelf, but I feel so proud of her work. I really do. I, it has been a joy to watch her writing kind of evolve and change. I liked the from aways a lot. I stand by my love and appreciation for that backlist title. I loved family of origin. Yes. I think that is a great, great work of fiction. And the fact that she also has now put together this stunning essay collection that I think is worthy of all the praise. It's really inspiring to me. And it's, it reminds me of why I'm so grateful to get to run a bookstore. Yeah. Well, and it's so, I will also, this is, it's, I'm so glad that we both love these top two books because I think that like, I don't think I ever kept a top 10 until I, the first time I ever saw you keep a top 10. (laughs) And I was like, I mean, people, I'm sure people are probably tired of hearing about my obsession with you over the years, but, um, <laughs> but I was like, whenever I saw that you did a top 10, like that first one, the first year I followed you, uh, I was like, oh, I'm doing a top 10 as well. And, <laughs> and it's so funny. Cause I think that, you know, like you've influenced my reading so much over the years. And like, there was like three or four years in a row where like, I mean, there was maybe one oh, or two book difference, lot. you know? Yeah. Huge yeah. overlap. And I do I do love you've expanded my reading boundaries a lot. And that's why I was interested in today's conversation because I thought, man, what are the books? What is Hunter going to recommend that I need to add to my TBR? And then you also know my reading sensibilities. And so you can also tell me, oh, that's a little too sexual for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. I also really appreciate. So you help me grow and change, but you also allow me to be true to myself and to my my reading taste. But I love knowing that we have a little bit of overlap here. Word, dog. <laughs> Thank you, Hunter. This was delightful. Thank you. I hope the rest of your reading year is as good as the first half. Fingers crossed. This week, I'm reading Also a Poet by Ada Calhoun. Hunter, what are you reading? I'm reading The Deloriad by Missouri Williams. From the Front Porch is a weekly podcast production of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in Thomasville, Georgia. You can follow The Bookshelf's daily happenings on Instagram at BookshelfTville, and all the books from today's episode can be purchased online through our store website, bookshelfthomasville.com. A full transcript of today's episode can be found at fromthefrontporchpodcast.com. Special thanks to Studio D Podcast Production for production of From the Front Porch and for our theme music, which sets the perfect warm and friendly tone for our Thursday conversations. Our executive producers of today's episode are Donna Hetchler, Angie Erickson, Cami Tidwell, Chantal Carls, Nicole Marcy, Wendy Jenkins, Lori Johnson, Kate Johnston Tucker. Thank you all for your support of From the Front Porch. If you'd like to support From the Front Porch, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Your input helps us make the show even better and reach new listeners. All you have to do is open up the podcast app on your phone, look for From the Front Porch, scroll down until you see write a review and tell us what you think. 
Or if you're so inclined, you can support us over on Patreon, where we have three levels of support, Front Porch Friends, Book Club Companions, and Bookshelf Benefactors. Each level has an amazing number of benefits like bonus content, access to live events, discounts, and giveaways. Just go to patreon.com forward slash from the front porch. We're so grateful for you, and we look forward to meeting back here next week.